The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed during this or any broadcast belong solely to our guests or our hosts. These broadcasts do not represent or reflect the views of their employers, sponsors, or affiliated organizations. Welcome to the Flipboard EDU podcast with your host, William Jeffrey, where we collaborate, communicate, and educate with the greatest educators in the world on Flipboard. Let's start the show. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey. And I have had many discussions with my peers in the last year about race, equity, and culture, as well as what it means to be a black man in America. We discuss how ingrained racism is in this country and how its educational system perpetuates it. One conversation in particular that has continued to resurface is how the celebration of Black History Month has rested in the hands of educators. I can honestly say that my peers, who are as diverse as the United Nations, have been appalled at how some of the ways Black history is taught and introduced to students. Michelle Ellis tweeted an example which caught my eye as it began with, somebody is already messing up Black History Month. Then it dawned on me, some educators may not know what is culturally appropriate or even be aware of biased practices embedded in Black History lessons during Black History Month. For the podcast, I spoke with Michelle Ellis and Dr. Yvette Blake, my mentor, about the ways we celebrate Black History Month in American schools. These two brave educators didn't hesitate to share their knowledge and expertise on the subject. So in this episode, we discuss teaching Black History Month and exploring ways that Black history can be incorporated into curriculums with fidelity. We also review resources for teachers and teaching Black History Month to provide suggestions for other educators to follow. So like we always do about this time, let's collaborate, communicate and educate with the best educators in the world right here on Flipboard EDU podcast. Welcome back, Flipboard fam. This is your favorite coach, Coach Jeffrey, and I am excited about this show right here tonight. I have two amazing guests. I have first, Miss Michelle Ellis. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate being here. Excellent. And then I also have a pundit in education, a very great mentor, friend of mine, Dr. Yvette Blake. Welcome to the show. Thank you. All right, great. So we're going to start off with you, Michelle. Michelle, let's tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. Michelle Ellis. I am a 20-year veteran. I've taught elementary, middle, and high school all in North Carolina. I'm currently a high school science teacher. I'm a PhD candidate I'm at Texas Tech University studying global and cultural competence and STEM educators. And I'm also the CEO of Total STEM Teach Ed Consulting, LLC. Amazing. All right. And Dr. Blake, your turn. Tell our listening audience a little bit about yourself. I am a retired educator after 38 years in the public school setting as well as at the junior college level. I taught in middle school, reading and mathematics, and was a counselor in middle school as well, and a counselor in high school. And I've been an administrator in elementary, middle school, and high school. Currently, I am an independent consultant. I'm going to do virtual coaching. 
And my certifications are in the area of mathematics, reading specialist, counseling, ethnic studies, sociology, and administration. I'm still going to call you our mentor regardless. You, Milstead, Dr. Allegra McGrew. I want to get into this conversation about black history. Michelle, I'm going to start with you because it was your tweet. I'm going to tell you how I came across it. I immediately got upset. When I saw the tweet and I think it ended up having about 1200 comments on it. What made you tweet that and go from there? Now, my first thought, they didn't mess up and it's not even February, but I felt her hurt and her pain. It was from a Facebook post of someone I worked with and someone had sent me a message saying, hey, did you see this? And I, I felt her hurt and I knew what she was feeling at the time and being at school. And I would hope there was no malice in the teacher that copied that, that sent that. But also I knew the school and the people who were there. And I just felt like it was a high potential of it being misrepresented and not done in a proper way. So again, I didn't feel there was malice in it. I feel like it could be malicious. And that's where I felt like we can't do things like this. And I I shared this as I was talking to Dr. Blake about my overall view for February, because we are looking at what educators um, can do better and represent black history. Doc, what was your perspective on the tweet? My immediate um, thought was that it's definitely a conversation starter. And the question to me, who's setting the resources that are being used? And I was aware that this particular site had decided to take down that actual worksheet. I think it's an opportunity for us to sit down at the table and have some conversations about, you know, what it should look like. What are some good resources to use to ensure that we're giving out the right information? And, and also to make sure you start talking about being culturally sensitive and recognizing that we're dealing with, you know, diverse groups and how what we say be in a way uh, that not received well. Exactly. And I know uh, people who are listening to the show, you haven't had a chance to see it, but Doc, I'm going back to you. What educational opportunity do you think that this person was trying to get across? I would say I, I don't know the person, but my initial thought is let us address Black History Month. And so let's start with some activities. However, when you start talking about uh, curriculum, we'll I'll start with that. I don't know what the curriculum is, where they are. And certainly, uh, if there's not one, then there needs to be a maybe a focus group, the focus group, committee members, and that you have various stakeholders represented in this particular group so we can talk about what you want that to look like. What are the expectations? What are your goals? And then are we going to include things like you know, the achievements and accomplishments of notable African-Americans from different eras, different occupations? And I just think it's an opportunity to professionally develop those, you know, who are going to celebrate with the students and give them some background knowledge. Michelle, what do you think about that? Uh, I would just like to note Dr. Blake on that. It could have been done differently. I really think that they were trying to be inclusive. But if you don't have the background to know how to be inclusive, then you come up with things like this and not being able to do those properly and actually being exclusive in your actions and with your intent to be inclusive. So where's the the training in that? And could it have been done at another time? Is it just Black History Month where you're looking to celebrate black hair? Yeah. 
starting with black hair. And that's for those of you who haven't seen the tweet, it will be in our article that we will publish. Let me go back to you, Michelle, looking at educators. Are we divided on celebrating black history or are we together? What way do we celebrate black history that's acceptable? When I saw the question, I thought we are divided on how to celebrate black history because we're divided on whether we should even celebrate black history. And that in itself becomes an issue of celebration. We hear my history every month, and it is. That is true. But this is the highlight reel, I guess you would say, of some of the things that Black Americans have contributed to. And I think about global education as I study how pre-service teachers are coming into college not having that knowledge. So when they go back out to teach students, here they're part of this cycle of misinformation because no one's bothering to do the research. We teach pretty much how we're taught. We relay the knowledge that we know, and we are knowing that information is incorrectly given to us. Especially when you think about people are still to this day, last semester, a student was very upset and confided in me and said, Mr. So-and-so said that he compared the Holocaust and slavery and said that they were they were the same. And I was like, what? I was like, don't say anything. Because I can already tell by your Facebook. I thought, nah, not even bother. Dr. Blake, go back to you. I remember when I first met you and I was getting to know you as a principal and you celebrated black history like I haven't seen another principal do it all. And my my question to you, is it important to celebrate black history? Definitely. We need to celebrate black history because it's a part of history and everybody needs to know about a part of history. So I think when you start talking about educating your kids, there must be a conscientious effort about kids knowing about all of history. And so how do we go about doing that? So you get the kids involved. When you talk about the programs that we did at that particular um, location, there was a committee. There was a focus group. There was a committee. There were subcommittees, whether you were going to be dealing with students who were going to be part of the Living Museum, where they would represent certain African Americans and talk a little bit about their achievement once the spotlight was on them, whether or not you were going to work with choir directors or you know, different songs, if you're going to be part of the fashion show and helping kids look at what some dress attire was, whether or not we in the library had a collection of materials for students. And then when um, our parents are coming, which we would make sure that we promote this at a time that stakeholders are able to attend, having kids present in the library uh, it's kind of like a gallery wall where they would go to different tables and kids would be able to give them information because they studied this. Some of them have done research papers in the classroom as part of a writing project. And in addition to that, bringing out some guests for kids to gain some knowledge about. Example, for example, one location was uh, the Buffalo Soldiers. That was a room where they could go in and you had a representative from there. You had some artifacts and you could talk to them about that. And so that was the history. And then there were other locations where kids would go and there were things that they would be able to take home as resources for them to still uh, at home have dialogue with their parents and information for their parents to read so that they also could help them kind of reinforce, you know, things that we were teaching at school. So I just think you cannot do enough when you start talking about history, period. So if that's the part that's not included in our curriculum, we need to find ways that we do that. And so one of the things I'm thinking is that, you know, it, it, it should be included in an educated prep program. It should be included in our uh, professional development, the same way we do, you know, if we're, we're talking about social studies and we're prepping students for what that should look like, make sure that it's included. Blake, I don't know if you remember, you guys were so 
good in the black history program that your little step team came and they did. Let me just tell a story real quick. So Dr. Blake's black history programs were always just straight amazing. Like the whole school got involved and it was just an amazing thing. There was like a district wide meeting. We were having pretty 58,000 students, probably about maybe five, 6,000 teachers. Anyway, we're in this big celebration building that we call it the smart financial center. It's a nice size venue. And Dr. Blake's step team came out. Oh, we were celebrating seniors. They were getting ready to graduate. And Dr. Dr. Blake's elementary step team came out and stepped. All the seniors from all those high schools were standing up cheering them kids. That was an amazing thing. And that happened from the Black History Program. Hey, kudos. I just remember that as you were talking about it. The step team came from having members on campus who were part of different sororities who had participated in step teams and they were in college. So those are the ones that were recruited to be sponsors for those students. So that's also part of Black History. We start talking about the HBCU, giving kids information about historically Black colleges and universities, and then some of the things that uh, happened where the first African-American sorority was started, you know, at HBCU. Here were some of the things that took place there. And so that's where that idea came from. And the other part, when we start talking about being inclusive, oftentimes we have different extracurricular activities that use a particular criteria for students. But in this case, it was if students are interested, then we want students to be able to participate. And what we found happening was that some of the students who typically been introverts were now leaders. And so they were some of the ones that were at that facility starting off that activity. And so we were really proud of kids, and it made kids feel really proud. And to know that there's something that, oh, I can do this later. And so uh, sometimes they can get involved in some of the little programs that the organizations have prior to students going off to college. So it was an introduction to more than just the the session. It was really about HBCU. That was an amazing event. Michelle, what opportunities or resources can educators pull from to appropriately celebrate Black history? One of the best resources, I have a list of resources, but one of the things when we get to the resources is also to start um, investing in yourself and looking around for you with people with like minds. And I think about the Burroughs Welcome Fund very generously awarded me an ad hoc grant, and it was for STEM Educators for Equity and Diversity. It's the SEED Fellows Program that I started. We finally got our first meeting going. It's a year-long project, and it's from it's formal and non-formal educators from around North Carolina concentrating on diversity, equity, and inclusion. But there are some definite things that I have learned because I have to be the facilitator. I've got to shout out some of the, the resources I've used. Podcasts are very been very big for me. Teaching Wild White with Jenna Chandler Ward and Elizabeth Venevi. Teaching Hard History with Tolerance.org and Dr. Hassan Kwame Jeffries and Leading Equity with Dr. Sheldon Aikens have been great podcasts that I listen to and I'm doing something else. I'm like, oh, I got to stop and write that down. They're great. And then three books that have really impacted me is Stamp by Dr. Eva McKendy, Understanding the History and How That Goes, Right Fragility by D'Angelo, and Why Race and Culture Matter in Schools by Dr. Howard, Terry Howard. So those are places that I have looked to find resources because I have to, a lot of people have to learn, unlearn, and relearn. And it's a continual process that we have to, we have to go through. We have to take the time to invest in research 
in ourselves, not only for our students, but society that we impact as educators. If I'm not mistaken, Dr. Blake, you said that same thing to me yesterday. Learn, unlearn, and relearn. Did you say that yesterday? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yes. Dr. Blake, how would you like to see Black history celebrated in America? I think it should be a part of the curriculum. I think it should be a part of prep programs. And I think it should be a part of the uh, professional development so that teachers are familiar with what activities are appropriate when they're having conversations with students. They'll know what things how to direct kids to a particular place for more information. One of the things I think is important to know is that there are some very good resources out there. For example, let's talk about, let's talk about the African American Museum in Washington, D.C. And if you just go to the website, it will give you lots of information. And of course, in the school, you have to ensure that you've got a collection of books that address famous African Americans so that when kids want to come in and they want to read about whether it's an author, whether it's somebody who was a musician, an actor, whatever the occupation is, that we have a variety of those for kids to see and know about um, that. Why is it not in the curriculum to begin with? That's really the main question. 2021, not for me to get on my soapbox, but the first African came over here in 1619. America was established in 1776. Then in 1865, quote unquote, slavery was ended. And then from there, 1968, African Americans were given the right to vote. America has not had a history without the black experience. So why is it not in the curriculum? I don't know if that was rhetorical, but I'm going to jump that one. Because even in North Carolina, we just went through this past week about the social studies curriculum and how they didn't like the wording because it made America sound, African-Americans sound like they were being oppressed. And so basically it was like, where's the lie? She has been oppressed as African-Americans. Like, why are we trying to say that it wasn't just because it wasn't some of your experiences? Why are we arguing this point of all this history? And you're educators. It's there. It's all there. And even exclusion is thinking about the civil rights movement and how that was inclusive of the Americans with disabilities and other underrepresented groups. And that stuff gets lost out. There's so much missing because you're trying to exclude the contributions of others. And for what reason? That is baffling. Dr. Blake, where can our guests find you at? I'm on Twitter at Blake underscore Yvette, and I'm also on uh, LinkedIn. And what's your handle on LinkedIn? Yvette Blake. Yvette Blake, got you. All right, we definitely going to be looking you up. And I sure appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. All right. And Michelle, where where are you found at on social media? I am at on Twitter at Total Stem is my handle. Okay, great. I just want to, before I end the show, I want to just say that my good friend, Crystal Vanderboom at Flipboard, prepared some resources for Black history. And I just want to thank her for doing that because this has sparked a really huge conversation amongst people. And I want to thank the, the people at Flipboard, especially Crystal Vanderboom and Aileen Laylor, who edit the blog that we write. This is, it's important for them to tell the story of African-Americans in a way that is not marginalized and to present the plight for teachers. And I just want to give them a shout out. I appreciate them. Uh, Marcy McHugh and just the good people that work at Flipboards. I want to thank you ladies for coming on the show and thank you for your time. And you guys have a nice night. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for Flip Tips. Today's Flip Tip is brought to you by my homegirl, Terry Porter, from her blog on Medium.com entitled Making Flipping Easy. 
There are certain controls in the iOS share dialog box that I use with a lot of flipboards. So I change these settings on my iPad and iPhone to make flipping easy. Number one, I want Flipboard to be my primary app of choice for sharing. Those app icons in the share dialog box are movable. Just press the icon, select and move it. Number two, there are certain share options only available in Flipboard. These include promote to cover, which moves an image you flipped into your magazine to the cover of your magazine. And you can remove from your magazine, which gives you the ability to remove a flip. Shout out to my homegirl, Terry Porter, for that flip tip. Thanks, Terry. Flipboard is a great way to collect articles for classes, show off your school and school spirit, and share expertise with peers. Flipboard fam, thanks for listening with me on this episode. I want to thank Michelle Ellis and Dr. Yvette Blake for taking the time to talk with us about teaching black history. Another huge shout out goes to Aileen Laylor and Crystal Vanderboom for the editorials on the Flipboard EDU Educators blog. You can find this podcast and articles about other great educators on Flipboard.com. As a matter of fact, Crystal Vanderboom has shared an educational resources for Black History Month and it's phenomenal. Gotta check it out. Share with an educator. Hey, let us know what you think about it. Also, please subscribe and share this podcast with an educator or colleague. Give us a rating. We prefer five stars. (laughs) Our podcast is available globally and everywhere you listen to podcasts. So until next time, family.